Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 11th of July, 2013, and we have a hell of a show for you today. We have an action-packed, tight show. We're going to be joined at the beginning by Shirley Tan, SEO and author of Ecom Hell, How to Make Money in E-Commerce Without Getting Burned. And later on, um, well, later on we're going to be joined by David Harry, a.k.a. The Gypsy from uh, Search News Central. He's going to be talking about pen- penguins, ostriches, chicken littles, and, uh, well, how the sky's not falling again. <laughs> It's uh, it's going to be tight. I have a lot of questions I want to ask Shirley. I mean, uh, getting to talk to Shirley Tan is amazing. And uh, before we get in, folks, uh, Shirley Tan's book is at Amazon.com. It's uh, currently it's currently listed as one of Amazon's best books of the year so far. <laughs> I love that little so far that Amazon puts on there. Um, <laughs> It's been a big week in the uh, search marketing community. Uh, biggest news, kind of a sleeper story, but it uh, was announced today via Mel Karst's blog that Matt McGowan has moved on from Incisive Media. Okay. That's, kinda, that's pretty heavy, eh? That is pretty heavy. I mean, I, I guess to... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess now the move is on good terms. Um, I remember about a year ago, Matt was sort of talking about his future in really vague terms. Um, he sits on he still sits on the advisory board for uh, for uh, for Clixy and for uh, I believe for, uh, uh, search engine strategies. But uh, but yeah, he's no longer the deal maker. The guy who makes it rain for both the. Uh, I mean, he was amazing, Matt. Matt, I, not enough you can say about this guy. He found the win in every deal he made for both sides. He was just a all around amazing guy to work with. Yeah, no, it's uh, and definitely a character. <laughs> and, and definitely a character. So, uh, Matt, um, I'm sure you've been wished this from uh, virtually everybody else, but from uh, from Webcology on behalf of Dave and for myself and my company and stuff, dude. Thanks. Hope to hope to see you later. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, we, again, I want to want to move through quickly so we can get as much of Shirley Tan in as possible. Um, no, I'm, I also want to move quickly because at any moment the cops might come through the door at the studio and shut this whole thing down, eh? <laughs> um, somehow, by mistake, of course, the Florida State Legislature has, um, well, they they kind of banned the internet <laughs> um, in Florida. <laughs> um <laughs> Florida is trying to stem a tide of illegal online gambling in the wake of a scandal that forced the resignation of the Florida State Lieutenant Governor. It seems a charity she was connected with was connected to an online gaming scheme that is offered as a means of profit in cyber cafes in the state of Florida. So to 
deal with the scandal and also to close a hole on uh, illegal gaming revenues, the state passed a law that covers, well, all devices that could be used to run this type of game of chance that connect to the internet, which is sort of like a computer. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get as much on tape as we can. The cops could bust through the door any second. I'm not sure that this or any other show um, produced in Florida is legal anymore. So, um, and I guess that kind of uh, segues into the next thing I want to mention. This is really cool. Are you a Netflix subscriber, Dave? I am, yeah. Now, I've mentioned Netflix, I think, like the last easily three of the last four shows not because I'm a huge Netflix fanboy but because I think they are the ones who got the pattern right for what will become the broadcast medium in the future totally agree they've got a new show debuting as of today um, by the, uh, the, the, the same showrunner who developed the, the show Weeds it's called Orange is the Next Black oh I'm sorry Orange is the New Black Debuting today with 13 episodes, and again, I think honestly, that was a great segue from uh, this show and all other shows being possibly illegal. You, you are watching The Door, aren't you, Braska? I'm pretty the sure you can probably the barricade door's it. fine. Um, at least long enough to get the whole show on tape. The Door's fine. Nobody's coming in here, okay? Relax. Uh, good. You thought ahead. You put the sofa in front of it. Brilliant. Um... Okay, Tuesday, 1 o'clock. It's Tuesday, June 16th, 1 o'clock. Google Plus Live Hangout with me, David Harry, Bill Slosky, Dana Lukadu, and Eric Wu. We're going to be talking about... Um, well, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, traffic reporting versus keyword reporting. What's what in the new age of Google? Um, client relations. Uh, and again, keywords... Keyword targeting or traffic reporting? What's more valuable to your clients in uh, in uh, Google 2013-ville? What do you think, Dave? Um, what's your opinion Money. on that? Money. <laughs> Conversions. <laughs> That's, uh, that I, I've never had a client who's making more money complain to me. <laughs> That's just... That's just the long and short of it, right? So, um, personally, I, I think I think all of these metrics are important. I, I do like my my keyword um, reports, you know, from from generic servers and stuff, but more to give an idea of what direction are we going in for big targets, you know, stuff like that. Um, but there, there's nobody who can debate that understanding that hey, our traffic is improving, um, you know, is is an important important metric, and arguably the only reason ranking reports are important is because they're the future of that traffic that you're trying to get, right? I mean, you know, uh, if I ranked or if I got more traffic in position 28 than I do in position 2, I'd target position 28, right? I mean, <laughs> rankings aren't <laughs> aren't the, uh, nope. the end-all be-all, so. But don't you wish, I mean, put yourself back eight or nine years ago when we were working with Ross and Stepforth, and this yep. is like the close to the beginning of the industry. Don't you wish back then we were reporting on on actual traffic numbers that we made that a really solid metric rather than um, rankings. Could you imagine how different SEO's approach to design and how different our approach to the industry in general would be today had 10 years ago that been the important metric rather than whether you're in first place or, or 11th place? 
It's true, but I, you know what? I think of the analytics tools we had back then. Well, um, I, I think it involved us um, searching for it and seeing what was there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Basically, you're right. Well, exactly. You're digging through log files, or yeah, I mean, you know, you had you know Webalizer and stuff, but we didn't have the analytics that we have access to now. Um, you know, we complain, or, or we all did, when it's like, hey, Google's taking away this this data and making it not provided. It's like, yeah, but it's still more than we had before they were providing data so well i mean those um, kids have no idea what it's what it was like back then you know the cigars the brandy the uh <laughs> the hell pre <laughs> really, pre.com pre crash these kids have no idea what it was like it was awful <laughs> <laughs> rubbing um, sticks together to power your computer uh, I, that's uh, dude that's what we were doing here in Toronto earlier this week when this massive thunderstorm, this absurd, the biggest rain dump Toronto has ever received, came down in about four hours Monday night, mm-hmm. and the whole city blacked out. That's like six million people without power suddenly. Like they said, like five hundred thousand households, and when you know when they say five hundred thousand, you know they really mean a hell of a lot more because once you go past 500,000, who cares, right? I mean, it's like an innumerable number of people don't got power. Some of whom were just turned on this morning. So, no making making jokes about that. Like, heck, I almost had to rub sticks together. (laughs) Uh, My my power was out for like six or seven hours. It wasn't that bad. But, uh, But yeah, it was pretty amazing. Truly amazing. But I think the universe is just trying to clean up your town because you're mayor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. I'm still not going there. I'm, <laughs> everything you say bad about Toronto uh, idiot mayor Ford only makes him stronger. So <laughs> liberals love him. We think he's the bee's knees. Uh, he's been ever so helpful clarifying issues for us. Vote for Ford. Downtown liberals love him. <laughs> That's all I got to say on him. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, where are we with time? We should take a break. And you know, as a matter of fact, it's a little bit early in the show, but that's what I want to do because I want to just pack a whole bunch of Shirley Tan into one mega segment rather than breaking the segment up. So, friends, stick around. We're going to be coming back with guest Shirley Tan. Uh, Shirley Tan is an e-com expert. Uh, she, uh, you can during the break, you can check out her website at ecommercesystems.com. She's the author of Ecom Hell: How to Make Money in E-Commerce Without Getting Burned, and she's our guest coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few 
or millions of keywords. What you need is authoritylabs.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. Sam what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Ever wondered how, how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 11th of July, 2013, and we are uh, we're kind of blessed to have an amazing guest right now. Shirley Tan is the author of Ecom Hell, How to Make Money in E-Commerce Without Getting Burned. She's well-known in the SEO community as one of the pioneers of e-commerce web building. Now, early in her career, Shirley founded the website American Bridal, um, which you can find at AmericanBridal.com. She founded it in 1996 and sold it to web conglomerate XOXO Group three years ago for uh, one of those undisclosed amounts of money. In the process of building this site, the 12 years she worked it, she became an expert's expert in areas as diverse as e-commerce, design strategy, link building, small business growth, search engine optimization, conversion optimization, and finding a way to balance an extremely active life with the challenges of running a rapidly growing online business. When sold, uh, just, just for the record, American Bridal was seeing revenues of $6.5 million per year. Shirley now runs a consulting development and mentoring service at, e-com- at e-commerce systems. Her most recent book, again, e-commerce hell, how to make money in e-commerce without getting burned. It's available at amazon.com and is listed as one of Amazon's best books of the year so far. Ooh, cool. Shirley Tan. Well, I didn't know that. Apology. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, as, as far as things go this year, so far this year, you got one of the best books. Congratulations. Yes. I didn't know that. That was like, a week ago, so well, indeed, it was published. It was published on the nineteenth of June, 
It's uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon. Um, did, did you expect that? No, I. This is my first time in this arena, so I have no idea what to expect. So, um, so if you tell me it's good, I'm, I believe you. <laughs> you know, I can. I'm uh, I'm an SEO. I'm I'm stuck in analytics. I can only go by the numbers. Amazon says it's doing well. Um, so there you go. I, I find it interesting. Absolutely interesting. Now, for someone who survived "quote unquote" ecom hell. You know, you seem pretty balanced. Your life appears pretty cool. When, what do you mean, ecom hell? So, uh, what really inspired me to write the book is what I wanted to share the insights of what I've learned over the last, you know, uh, 14 years in e-commerce. And and I think one of the things that I'm discovering as a consultant is that when people, you know, people that I've talked to over the years and, you know, even as, uh, recently, that people don't really have a clear idea what uh, e-commerce, you know, the uh, e-com life would be like e-commerce, doing business in e-commerce would be like, right? So you, you read internet retailer and see all these top 500, you know, retailers and all of that. And you're kind of like, wow, you know, I'd like to get into into this uh, space, right? And you hear about how it's growing uh, 20%, you know, year over year over retailers and brick and mortar. And so everybody thinks it's so, oh, I can I can stay at home and work on t- in my underwear and, and make a whole <laughs> lot of money. And it's like, uh, dude, it's not like that at all. <laughs> I, I just said, dude, sorry. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, share that insight that it's it's a lot of work getting in. And if you don't do uh, things right, you know, certain certain things a certain way that you could get into e-com hell and, you know, uh, not, not only do you not, not make money, you could lose money and go into debt. So I wanted to share the the learnings that I have and and amongst you know my own experience as well as some of what I've learned from my you know consulting, uh, what the, you know e-commerce life is really like. Well, one of the operative terms in uh, in online business, one of the operative words in the term online business would be business. Do uh, do people getting into e-commerce not realize that they're running a business? I, I think initially, you know, even me, uh, I was guilty of this. Yeah, we we think that it, it's a it's a separate type of entity, right? That uh, the rules of the game uh, doesn't apply. You know, the rules of the business game. It's cheaper to get in. You know, uh, that's always the first things. One of the first things that people say is like, oh, oh, you your your uh, cost must be so low. You could you don't have operating costs. You don't have all of these um, expenses that normally would be associated with running a you know quote-unquote real business right and um and i think that's you know that's a misnomer that they don't realize that you know develop uh, platform development website development um the marketing team that you have to have in place uh uh is um, you know could be just as mu- you know just as much if not more because you don't have a physical presence that people can you know put their hands on and touch right so it's it's a different uh, it's a different setup but it's very much a business that you know, you have to do some of the best practices that you would do a brick and mortar business, and then some. You have a lot more to learn. Actually, I think I think e-commerce business is a lot more complex than a typical brick and mortar. 
Okay, well, your your book sets out uh, several benchmarks and milestones for, for growing an online business. Uh, you use checklists and to-do lists, uh, and you try to gu- you appear to be trying to guide entrepreneurs uh, through the process of building an e-commerce business. And at the same time, you're offering a, a quote-unquote insider's look at how e- the e-commerce environment really operates. And that, that left me wondering, who did you write this book for? Like, when you were writing it, who was your target audience? So, um, so first of all, I didn't set out to write a book, and it was really um, uh, how this came to be was I was going to work on a webinar course with a friend of mine, but he got really busy, So, and then I was left with an outline of the course, and so I go, well, I wonder what it would look like if I just finish it and you know, and see it through, and so that's you know how the came to be, and um, so I'm very pragmatic, right? Um, I opt on task lists and checklists every day, even to this day. You know, I make myself a list of what I got to do and how do I knock it out each day, and um, and so what what I thought was missing when I was running my business is uh, what do I have to zoom into. Um, you, you know what do I have to, what do I zoom in on every day when I run my business, right? And that's not just for myself, but also for my team. And I think um, what a lot of entrepreneurs want to know, you know, it's not that they don't know what they have to do; is they want to know how do they do it. You know, so there's a lot of information out there on what you have to do, what you should do. But I think people are always wondering, uh, how do I do that? How do I get from point A to point B? And how did you get to point A to point B? Can you show me? Right. So, uh, and because I am pragmatic, I make a list and I go, okay, this is the step. Step one, do this. Step two, do that. And then you know, you just go down the line, right? And and I think you, you know, you look up and you're halfway there. Well, for you. And this is a while ago. This is 1996. What did point A look like? Point A was getting the website up. That was point A. So when I first started, we I can't even remember what platform we were on, but it was before <laughs> Yahoo Store. And it was so terrible that um, what made me switch to the Yahoo platform was I asked the guy. He was coding stuff in HTML. I think it must have been one of those. I, I'm not going to name names, right? But it was a website that I can't even remember what the platform was called, and it cost me six hundred dollars to ask him to change a shipping rate. Ooh. I was going, that's ridiculous, you know? He goes, well, it's complex tables and things like that. And of course, I I don't. I'm not technical even to this day, and I'm like, okay, I got to do something that I can at least control most of it, you know. I, I should be able to change a shipping rate. That's that's my goal, right? So I got on the Yahoo platform, tried to figure it out, uh, outsource the, the design, development, and all of that. But, you know, figured out the hard way. But if you go back to the wait time, the time machine, you know, you see a scanned catalog of our American Bridal um, catalog, you know, physical catalog. And we were like, how come nobody's ordering from us? <laughs> so, <laughs> it, now, looking back, it's very funny, but back then, you know, not so much. Well, I guess at the beginning, you must have made uh, a number of mistakes. I mean, I, I, I'm still stuck on the statement you just made that you're not a, you're still not a technical person. No. But three years ago, when you uh, when you sold American Bridal, it was seeing revenues of over about six point five million a year. Yeah. Yeah, we did six and a, six and a half. You know, that's our actual revenue. You know, we did more than that in demand sales. So, um, you know, it's the the variant of what we didn't. You know, we didn't do a good job on right. And um, so, 
yeah. So, you know, I mean, you don't have to be technical to do that. those kind of numbers or even more, right? If you have a good, good team, good people that you work with, uh, good vendors, you know, vendor providers, developer team that you work outside your um, company, um, you know, you, you could get there and, and more. I think, you know, I look at myself as a project manager. I, I, I'm a, you know, glorified or not so glorified project manager. And I just figure out what I need to do and I just go down the, I go down the list. Now, one of the things that I, I think would be a big challenge in, in writing a book like you've done, and, and congratulations on its Thank you. really early and fast success, um, would be trying to address, I mean, you know, in bridal, these are going to be very different things than, say, a real estate agent or, uh, you know, somebody selling uh, medical equipment, right? I mean, how, how did you address in, in creating these checklists and things? How do you how do you word things in such a way as, as to address everybody's needs or, or as best you can to to create a rule set that this sort of flows no matter what industry you're in? I I think, you know, um, let me think about what you just asked me. I think fundamentally, right, when you run a business, you know, there are uh, basic staple things that you have to look at, right? So if you're running a restaurant, you know, how many many times do you turn over the, you know, turn over a table, right? So that would be your, you know, your your turnover rate or your, what is your, how many customers can you service, right? So all of those things are very much the same in, in most business. How many customers walk into a brick and mortar store? How many of them walk out with a shopping bag, right? So uh, how many touched an item and didn't and put it back down? You know, so that's like a bounce rate, right, to me. So how many people do you convert? How many people um, come back and, and buy again, you know? So those are... You know, fundamentally, there are basic numbers, right? That go into your 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 financial statement. How much sales do you have? What is your product cost? What is your gross margin? And, you know, some of the you know, metrics that I cover in my book, right? Those are, you know, I mean, I I put it into uh, e-commerce. You know, this is geared uh, towards e-commerce, but I think fundamentally, running a business, there are those same questions, you know, uh, that um, in running a business, right? How much is your sales? What's your expenses and what is your net profit at the end of the day? Big, small business alike, these are, these are fundamental numbers that you need to to be paying attention to. Okay, well, um, what about uh, something a little more intangible, passion? Um, should somebody getting into e-commerce have a personal interest in uh, whatever niche or market, or, uh, market segment they're selling to? Passion's always good. I mean, you know, uh, a passion helps you wake up uh, every morning and pull yourself out of bed. <laughs> so that's yeah. how I see it. Uh, I mean, you know, it drives you, right? There's no doubt that you know you people say do whatever, do do what you love to do, and every day it's not work, right? I mean, there's definitely uh, a lot to say. There's that goes a long way. There's no doubt, right? At the same time, you know, you could be totally passionate about a business that's not profitable. So you have to be realistic, right? Um, and you have to pay attention to the numbers. And and then you know, so my my husband, who's an attorney, you know, I know lots of attorneys who don't want to be attorneys, you know. Mm. Uh, so you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, some people say, oh, don't make your 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 passion your business because it becomes work, right? So I mean, I think it's it's 
you know, everybody has their own way of looking at things, right? So I think if you're passionate about a category, you can really throw yourself into it. You can become a thought leader in it, just like anything else, right? You, you know, it helps. It definitely can't hurt you, but it, you don't need it as a requirement, in my in my opinion. The internet to me is kind of a microcosm, a macrocosm, I guess, a mirror of well, of Earth. And there's a gajillion things one can do yep. for a living. One can sell for a living sure. on Earth. Yep. Now, for somebody who's approaching uh, approaching e-commerce, um, how would you suggest they separate or, or look at various uh, niches they could serve? Some are productive, some are unproductive. But how do you know? Well. Um so in my book, I say that um, I would test out the different markets, right, by becoming an affiliate first. I think that's one of the easiest ways to get in without costing you a whole lot of money, and you can learn from it, right, and, uh, you know, from a, from a low entry level uh, in terms of, exp- you know, cost and versus building it all out and discovering, uh, you know, um, this, this product. Uh, I thought that I can make 30%, 40% at the end of the day not profitable when you, when you're, if you're having a drop ship, your drop ship fees, your shipping costs, then you have to have the burden of having, um, providing pre-shipping as well, you know, things, things of that nature that makes you less competitive or, uh, and also at the end of the day, I mean, there's just not enough money in it, you know. Uh, to to make a ikaro living, because so it's always value and risk, right? It's like what can you do with your time to make to do you know to earn revenue versus going to go uh, go work for somebody? What would you make, you know? And also the risk that you're taking, right? Your your life saving, uh, uh, other people's money, you know, uh, investors, things of that nature. Um, you have to kind of weigh it all out. But uh, for to answer your question, test out marketplaces niche as an affiliate first to get in to see if there's something there there no you're, you're you're taking me back in time i actually got my start in seo doing affiliate marketing like oh, I don't know, many oh, you know many many about. moons ago i know exactly what you're talking about uh, and of course that that makes me sort of flash back a little bit and I, I know you've been in the industry probably longer than i have well i know longer than i have what's a what's a mistake that you still see people making here we are 2013 um and you know you you go back and we all see them but what's a, what's sort of your you're left scratching your head kind of mistake that you see people still doing now um, that you would have seen back in, in the late 90s, early 2000s that you, you'd have thought, you know, you might have even made those mistakes, but the Internet was, you know, a decade younger then, and you can kind of excuse yourself. I, I think, um, you know, uh, hmm. I think I see this happen with big and small companies alike, right? And uh, we could... We all have a story and, and something that we can all point to. I think there's two things. Uh, number one is companies don't listen to their customers. They think that they know better than their customers do. Yeah, that's number one. And number two, uh, the people who work for you, right? So the employees who are uh, interacting with the customers, the frontline you know, front uh, people, um, we don't listen to them. You know, we think we we're we're smarter than them. You know, we're the CEOs and we're the VP of this and that. And you know, of course, we know better. We know what people want. I mean, you know, how many of us can really claim to be Steve Jobs to know what the customer want before they even really know it, right? I mean, we aspire to be that, but you know, I 
think probably that number is pretty small. And and I think, you know, rather than guess, right, or oh, what customers want, why don't we just ask them? Why don't we ask them and actually follow through and actually listen to them and actually do it versus, oh, yeah, yeah, we took a survey, but then we shelved it, right? Right. Yeah, no, that's that's some great advice. Um, that's that's wonderful advice. Um, you're you're covering a lot, like a lot in in in, in the course of this book, uh, and we you know that's that's a great advice on on listening. But at, at the early levels, when when people are thinking, and Jim sort of touched on it a little bit, do you have to have interest and stuff like that? Uh, of course, at the end of the day, it's about money. Right? I mean, we, we all need to make it. That's how we live. We can't buy our own products if we don't make it. So, uh, how, how would you. Right? We don't want to be a. Exactly. How would you, um, you know, if you're if you're settling in, and, and you know, great advice to, to start with affiliate. If you're sort of like, I don't know what niche I, you know, I, I know I'm interested in a few things, so I can talk about a few different things. How, how do you go about looking at at the different niches that would be possible and trying to figure out which one is, is going to actually provide that ROI so you're not putting in a lot of work into something that's uh, that's really going to end up being a hobby because it you know maybe breaks even if you're lucky. So, so another great question. One of the things that I learned, right, and being in the wedding industry, uh, it's a it's a one shot deal, right? At least you know I have no problem sticking with these customers, but supposedly it's a one shot deal, right? And right. you know, and so uh, I think that the things that people should look at, right, is the the probability of um, customers reordering. Okay, uh, the probability of upselling uh, onto um, uh, you know a, a bigger a bigger program, let's say, right? So let's say if you're selling, I, I, I like things that are consumable, okay? Uh, because you know anything in the health category, health supplements, vitamins, beauty products, uh, things that are consumable that people will more than likely, you know, given um, given things that are. All things uh, being even, right? Uh, you know, you versus another, your company versus another com- company. You know, they would probably say, "Hey, I bought from them before. It's easy. I'll just buy from them again." You know, um, those are the kind of things that I would look for: that uh, probability of reordering, probability of upsell, probability of um, of uh, putting that they would, you know, uh, put put you on a reorder program, right? Just send this to me every three months, you know, as, a, as an example. So those kind of categories, I think, is, um, you know, it stretches over your your lifetime value of a customer in not just that one acquisition cost, but it stretches it over time. And now you have to earn the business and you have to keep the customer versus just that this one shot hit and miss. It's not, don't look at it as transactional, you know, and, and look at it more of a find ways to stretch that uh, customer value you so that the the gift that keeps giving right you know the customer right. keeps coming back keeps buying from you i mean you know well, think about all the things why we go back to and shop at costco all the time you know they give us value you can count on them they have the stuff we want we all know that we you know that they have it for a good price and we're not probably going to find it you know for less they have the inventory when we want the detergent over and over again you know th- those kind of things Okay, sure. Good, we're, um, good, good filters. I'm afraid we're closing in on towards the end of the segment. Um, in your in in the book, uh, you note that there's 11 tips on how you can increase your website conversions, and obviously we're not, we're not going to have time to cover all 11. But what are the most important tips on increasing website conversions uh, for for e merchants? 
um, other than the actual conversion. (laughs) Where should they look? How do they know? What metrics should they look at? Avinash would say, you know, pay attention to your balance rate, you know, making sure that you're looking at your um, average uh, per visitor value, you know, which goes against what we're talking about, right? Uh, uh, You know, how can you upsell, cross-sell, and get them to buy from you, you know, more and more frequency, right? And then looking at your your top entry pages of your website, you know, what your top how your top landing pages right what is the conversion for that and they're winners already how do you make them you know how do you optimize your winners right and then you know looking at your top exit pages and you know those are the sites those are the landing pages are doing poorly how do you you know stop the bleeding on those pages so that you can 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 you know turn it around and 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 study the difference between the top and the and top pages versus the losers and see what what's missing between the two what is what contrasts them so that you can you know you know you can uh, shift make that shift so you know those those kind of things bounce rate engage customers return visitors average order value um, and top top entry pages top exit pages. Okay, I'm down to my last question. Um, one of the chapters of your book deals with how to sell your business, how you can retire and have financial security. That made me think about, you know, should somebody have an exit strategy going in? And when you went in with American Bridal, did you have an exit strategy? No, nope, I did not. I um, was, was more, I, I think, you know, I was very much a typical uh, small entrepreneur. I didn't really, um, you know, I was young so i wasn't thinking i was gonna you know exit right didn't i didn't know any better but i think what now you know of course looking back right um i think i made certain decisions um that hurt me and if i did think of it as uh you know uh start with the end in mind right as they always say uh, i think i would have made certain decisions that would have uh, made a difference you know i would have gotten to keep um, more, you know, the money, for example, right? I moved four times in four years. So I think, you know, I may not have moved as many times, you know, and that would have made a difference in, in you know, more money in the bank as an example, right? So some of the decisions that we made uh, without thinking about the exit strategy, right? Um, you know, we could have done, I could have done better. Well, you've, uh, from an observer's perspective, done remarkably well. Um, Shirley Tan, author of Ecom Hell, How to Make Money in E-Commerce Without Getting Burned. Thank you so much for spending time with us on Webcology today. Thank you for having me, Jim and Dave. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you at SES uh, San Francisco. Yep, I can't wait to see you then. Excellent. Thank, thank you very much, and have a good day, you guys. Thanks. Hey, friends. Uh, that was Shirley Tan again. She's the author of Ecom Hell, How to Make Money in E-Commerce Without Getting Burned. You can find that up at Amazon.com. Uh, just look for the best books of the year so far. Um, we're going to be taking a break here on Webcology. We're going to be coming back with David Harry, a.k.a. The Gypsy, who, well, David's got something to say about uh, Penguin Link, Link Freaks. Stay tuned, friends. We're going to have some fun on Webcology coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. 
I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With certified knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. This is Bruce Clay, one of the hosts of SEM Synergy, the show about achieving synergy in your search marketing efforts. SEM Synergy, on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, welcome back to Web Culture here on WebmasterRadio.fm. We, uh, dude, this, 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 Dave, this whole segment, you know, I'm going to call it Peggy was Ostrich's Chicken Little and How the Sky's Not Fallen Again. We have David Harry, the gypsy, joined us. He, uh, we, we pulled him out of a hangout and he, like, came to, to hang, slum it in radio with us. <laughs> yeah. That's right, guys. I can't get to use my pretty face around here, man. Come on. You gotta leverage everything. Leverage David's, it all, bit. David's all you guys play with Google. I'm on Google. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? Good, man. Good yourselves? How's it going, boys? I'm good. Uh, earlier this week, I saw you blow a gasket. It was a, a hilarious and sometimes painful uh-huh. exchange on the SEO Facebook group, uh, David, it's for the for the audience's sake. David sort of lost on yet another link-denying fool, Yelda for short, um, wasn't taking good advice in a reasonable way. <laughs> now, I, I watched this exchange go down live time, and I knew right then and there I had to invite David on once and for all. Oh, that was a Google Plus one, about the idiocy around links in parts well, of the SEO sector. That, it's that, or like I can continue to watch him shatter egos and idiotic, but still human link builders around the world. We should get like a humanitarian award for this. 
Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah. It seems bloody endless, man. It's just, you know, the, the, I still, person after person is like thinking of new link schemes and ways to get around things and this and that. And it's like, you know, really, come on. You know, the, you, you've, you've lost it. Again, it's the old argument like that the hangout I just came out of was because they had titled the poor thing. It was, you know, it was, uh, you know some recyclable oh, no. people in the industry, but they had titled the thing as, as social as the new SEO, you know, uh, Google ranking factors. And so it, it's just that, that myopathy, you know, if, I don't even, because in, in its own way, social is not the new SEO. Social is the new link building because now they're all going to go over there and destroy that. You know, what, what happened to guest, guest blogging? You know what I mean? Well, uh, oh, this works. Let me go write about it on Search Engine Land. <laughs> Great idea! <laughs> wow, Google's a good guest blogging now. What a weird... How did that happen? How did they ever catch on? I don't... Uh, anyway, I don't... Yeah. So, um, yeah, but the uh, sky is falling, man. There's all these penguins around. They're eyeing me funny. They're, they're pecking at me and penalizing me. Too. Like, I have to disavow everything. Now, what do you think? But, 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 okay, and, and here's the working theory, though, Jim. If you recover from Penguin, and, and there was a Barry Swartz thing this week that, you know, I think 3% said they had recovery. But if you recovered from Penguin, what is it you actually think they're doing? Giving you value for those links back? No. It can't be. They're not going to tell you that we've devalued all these links on you, so you've lost rankings there due to the Penguin algorithm. Oh, thank you for disavowing. We're going to give you some links back. No, it's not going to work like that. So you, you've got to have some sort of multiplier based on trust and authority. You know, I mean, trust metric, meaning that if you actually get some sort of penguin recovery, I, I, how would a disavow play into that? How There's only one way I can think of is that let's say Google, because we got two things. We, we've got the disavow, which with Penguin they've told us that if you screw up your disavow and you put links in there that um, we think are good links, we reserve the right to still pass value regardless if you disavow. It's not a robots.txt, you know what I mean? If you, you screw up your disavow and put links in there that they actually trust, they're still going to count them. They've told us this. Okay. So now we go over to natural links messages and we look at this. And in there, the, one of the standard replies is that we have devalued, you know, we have stopped passing equity from certain links on your site. Uh, you better go look at it. Please, you know, file a reconsideration request and your disavow. So now if we include the, both of these concepts together, it means that Google's not going to trust, and rightly so, they're not going to trust webmasters with how to build their link graph. It's kind of the usual SEO arrogance to sit back and go, well, I put my disavow in and Google's going to adjust their link graph for me. And it's like, <laughs> no, no. No, they've already decided which your links are crap. They've already devalued or ignored ones that they think are crap. They know what links yours in their eyes are good or bad. So when we get back to this disavow, what does that actually mean? All we can think is that if you can recover from Penguin, there must be some sort of uh, um, trust um, metric that's a multiplier of, of, you know, meaning if you're a negative two in trust, then your rankings are still going to be down. If you're a positive one, then it goes up. You didn't get links back. What it's done is it's probably increased some sort of trust multiplier. So let's theorize if I've got 2,000 crappy links that, that Google thinks are crappy. And in my disavow file, I put, let's say, 1,000 of them. 
So let's say my, my trust modifier now is 0.5 because I've only come clean on a certain amount. Now, if I've got an 80%, maybe my modifier is 0.8 now, et cetera, et cetera. It's got to be some sort of trust thing. But as usual, you know, we're all just running around, leaks, leaks, disavow, <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God, you know. So, Is there a know. fundamental <laughs> misunderstanding of how Google operates um, oh, totally. out there in the community? Oh, completely. Totally. Okay. You know. Yeah, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I keep saying it. It's the SEO that doesn't know information retrieval, at least to a degree that's basic. You know, I'm not asking you to go to Stanford, but it's like a, a web designer doesn't know HTML. Like, we run around saying we're search engine optimizers, which means we work with search engines. <laughs> we're supposed to understand search engines, but not a damn one can tell you what a implicit, the difference between an implicit and explicit user feedback signal is. You know, and then we have all these uh, cough, cough, Moz ranking factor things and all the love to Moz, but they're not actually based upon signal that a search engine might use is more of an intuitional thing. Tell me your intuition of what a title tag is worth. And, and we get caught up in this. And these aren't terms that search engineers use, so why are we using them? Why do we have such a fundamental lack of understanding how a search engine actually operates? I don't know. You know, we got correlation studies coming out the yin-yang. You know, again, social media is in the new SEO because it correlates that sites with a lot of clubs, ones, and shares are ranking high. It must be a signal. You know, well, no, they can't even access most of Facebook. Thank you. Have a nice day. You know. <laughs> okay, but before I ask the next question, I want to preface it with uh, um, there are very responsible social media uh, workers out there. But is social media the new building? Is it the new link building? You know, given again, the, the, using you know, that as a pejorative. Okay, but 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 let's look outside of PageRank. The, the the core understanding of a link to most SEOs is PageRank, that it passes power. They don't understand, you know, and they do understand anchors to a degree, which is a semantic element, but they don't understand quite as well velocity. They don't understand freshness. They don't understand the, the fact that a link could be seen as a citation. You know, if, if there's a no-follow link on a on a, on something, does that not make it now all of a sudden an, a, a non-link citation, which is for the, the lay people out there, that's when someone mentions your brand, let's say. You know, I was out earlier today and I said, oh, I'm going to be hanging out in Webmaster Radio later today. Now, does Google look at that because Dave's an authority on search engines and, well, there's no link here, but he mentions Webmaster Radio, so is Dave associating himself with this and that and so on and so forth? You know, even an href link that has a nofollow could still be seen as other signals as far as, you know, citations and things like that go. So it's almost myopic, again, to think of links just as... As Patrick, like like I said, I, I talk to people and I, I say, you know, would you rather have a, a, a citation reference of your company in the Wall Street Journal or not have anything at all? Well, of course you would, you know what I mean? You, because it's a citation. Well, Google's going to understand that to a degree as well. So isn't that, a, isn't that an implicit link to you, to a search engine? It is. There's not an href around it. It's not a hard-coded link, but it's a link in conceptual, in, in taxonomies and concepts and categories and things of that nature. It's still a link to your brand based upon the association of these other words. So, what is well, a link? Do think, a real do you, do you think there, there, uh, there's a, a real problem, and, and I'm seeing it in, in, in social media, especially like as we're as we're discussing social media, where, where there's a big confusion on on the idea of causality versus coincidence, right? It, it is it a case where 
brands that happen to have very, very strong social media presence also tend to be the brands with very, very strong SEO. It's not that the social media caused the bump in SEO. It's you know, and 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 this resurgence or, or the, the right, right, dominance of brands. You're, what what the hell is Google Trends? You know, and formerly Google Insights when we had it. What are those? Those are tracking of mentions of, of concepts, of terms, of questions, and things being asked on the internet today. Go look around Google Trends for a while. So, you know, I had a client that that you know he's bitching about this and that term, and he's been throwing links at everything in sight and got penguinized. Friggin' obvious. Um, you know, and the first thing the meeting he says to me, he says, uh, well, I was looking at the traffic in Google Analytics, and the first thing I did was I stripped out our brand terms, and here's what I said. Stop it. I said, why would you do that? I said, what do you mean? I said, well, go look at your brand terms year over year. Turns out they're down 50%. What does that mean? It means offline marketing. It means other things aren't happening that people aren't searching your brand. Now, you think, now, now, no one listening, don't go get excited. Google isn't using analytics per se. But if in their query analysis, when they're establishing trust and authority and elements of that nature, if your brand entity is is on the slide in the public eye, that might mean something. So, yeah, you gotta you got to think in terms of, you know, is it, and social the same way, you know what I mean? I, 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 as I was kicking my cat earlier, you know, after I saw this SEO, social's new SEO, I kicked my cat across the room and went past my son and I said, son, it rained. I washed my car. It rained today. Obviously, it rained because I washed my car. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> this is the kind of correlation that people make leaps with. But you're right, Dave. It's, it's the fact that any well-talked about brand, any active brand is going to be talked about, is going to be seen in social and they're going to be active in other places and engaging, you know? Go for it, man. I hear you. Okay, well, I, I was going to say it's funny. Both of us took a breath at the same time to ask a question. Um, so, uh, you know what? I, I think you, you, your note there was great that no, they don't use use analytics. But would you say, and 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 I'll go out and say I do, that anything you can see in webmaster tools is stuff they're using as a signal. And I think that's where you'd find exactly what you're talking about there. You can see the list of queries. They can see the list of click-throughs, right? These are things that we know they're seeing about everybody. Um, and, yeah, if you see a brand going down, then chances are that brand is less popular, right? If you see that something's getting a, an improved click-through rate on something, great. They don't need your analytics for that. We know they know it already. Yeah, because how else are you going to calculate authority? It's you, you know, so I, I think that's so huge. I keep joking that you know we, when we start ten years ago, you know those we've all been around, and you know we used to tell clients put your URL on everything. You know, <laughs> now I'm at the point. Of, don't put it. Don't put it. Make them search you. No, no URL on any business cards. Make them search you, man. <laughs> we want as many people searching that brand as possible. Uh, uh, <laughs> guys. Gentlemen, gentlemen, we got to wind it down. I'm sorry. We're down to our last minute, so it seems it's not really worth asking another question. Um, I'm sure we're going to see the return of Gypsy Oak in, in uh, whatever form is out there. Um, but I, before we go, I want to leave you guys with a quick question. This was I saw this asked on Facebook uh, earlier, and I, I think it's a good question. Should the uh, NSA have the right to serve ads to us based on our behave on our telephone and internet behavior if it will you know cover the cost of their spy programs? <laughs> I think so, man. I come over retargeting, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they're not doing it. <laughs> well, Google is, so you know you really can't complain about anyone else doing it. And that's a funny thing, guys. Eh? If people who know how much Google knows about you, they'd probably freak too. So. You know, yeah, no. if they only knew. Oh. Um, and how little we know about you, damn it. We want to know more. Come on, Google, help. Uh, 
Okay. David, David Harry, a.k.a. The Gypsy, thank you so much, brother, for jumping in. Um, that's, you, you're saying stuff that's got to get said. We tried, uh, man. We tried. No one listens, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be having the same conversation a year from now, two years from now, you know. Indeed. Except so everyone out there listening, if you come up with a great, great SEO method, be sure to put it on search engine land so that Matt Guts knows where it is. Thank you. Sidelong glances <laughs> through Google Glasses. Trust me, that'll get you. You'll score. Sidelong glances through Google Glasses. Hundred percent. Friends, we're at the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I want to thank Shirley Tan for uh, for coming in earlier. Again, thank David Harry for jumping in. And thank Brasco and Webmaster Radio for producing the show. We will be back next week. A lot of great content coming up on Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned. And again, we'll talk to you next week. has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network we welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24 7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.